HBO over here at Effingham. And um, that, that's all I'll say about that. But anyways, um, so I was watching some actual bull riding. I love to watch bull riding. And um, it was wild to watch those guys that when a, a cowboy gets hung up or gets flung off, they jump in and distract the bull. And sometimes they are hit, and sometimes they are knocked over. And, and I'm thinking to myself, so Kyle and I are watching, I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't know too many people that I would jump in front of a bull for. And um, and I said, I said to Kyle, I wouldn't even jump in front of, you know, bull for, and I, and I meant the guy on the screen, but I, I guess I said you, and Kyle said, well, gee, thanks, Dad. Um, but uh, my family, yeah, I get it. But, you know, um, a lot of you uh, men and women uh, put yourself in harm's way for perfect strangers, and um, uh, it doesn't go unrecognized, and we're thankful for you and uh, thankful for all that you do. Uh, we're very thankful for Brother uh, Jimmy McDuffie, uh, the sheriff, and uh, we certainly appreciate all that he does in our community. And uh, what a, a great example uh, he is of uh, uh, faithfulness and of a servant and, uh, and a friend. And I really appreciate uh, uh, Sheriff McDuffie and uh, all that he does, uh, and his wife as well, and we certainly appreciate uh, uh, their service uh, for uh, for Effingham County and uh, and all that they do. I'm going to ask uh, uh, the sheriff to come. He's going to uh, he's going to uh, speak uh, this morning and, uh, and just uh, say what God has laid upon his heart. And um, I know it'll be a blessing uh, and a help to you uh, this morning. Brother Joe Tim said we were going to take that offering and split it up, and we'll take the second offering after a while. So we'll just we'll get started in that just a little bit. Before we get started, um, this week we've had two fatalities, uh, both of them on motorcycles. <clears throat> One was a young man that was 24 years old. A lady pulled out in front of him. He hit her car a couple of days ago. I think they're doing his visitation stuff today. This morning. We found a young man that apparently had been running from state patrol last night. They lost him, couldn't find him, and we found him this morning. And he had lost control on Old River Road and, and crashed. So if y'all would, just remember them today in prayer and think about them. and Just take that one second to remember them for us, if you will, please. I just want to say thank you for this. Uh, we don't do the job that we do for the thanks or the gratitude. We do it because we love what we do. Now, I could stand up here all day and talk about the gloom and the doom and how far we're going back. And, you know, we got 30 openings at the sheriff's office right now between patrol and the jail. Nobody wants to do this job much anymore. You know, we're riding about 6,000 calls a month. I can remember several years ago, we used to do our case numbers by year instead of by month. And we're 10 minutes to midnight. December 31st, we were at 9,999. And we were looking for that one call, one more time, and we can hit 10,000. Okay. Is this better? Okay. So we could hit 10,000 calls that year. 
Nothing. Any other time, there'd be a ton of stuff going on on New Year's Eve, but nothing. And we closed the year out with 9,999 calls that year. And now we're doing that in two months' time. But, you know, all in all, we're really blessed. As the old saying goes, we're too blessed to be stressed. Now, don't get me wrong. I do get plenty of stress over a, a period of time. But, you know, with all the publicity that there is out there about police officers and the bad guys, the bad cops, there are bad cops. They're bad teachers. They're bad preachers. They're bad doctors. Unfortunately, that's our society today. And we do have them. But we always try to rule those out. Back when I was uh, on the street, one night I was talking to one of my wife on the phone, and I got a juvenile call. Go handle somebody's kids. And I told her, I said, I hate juvenile calls. I just, I hate them. And she said, Jimmy, just think about it. Nobody calls you to tell you that their child just got on a roll. They just got accepted to the glee club. Or they got uh, on the football team. They only call you about the bad ones, the ones that nobody else wants. And she's exactly right. You know, we see the worst of the worst. We see the bad. We see what somebody else can't deal with. When I was working the street, one of my goals, because I work traffic predominantly here, I covered every fatality in Effingham County for seven years except three. When I approached a car, my goal when I talked to those folks was to make them thank me whether I wrote them a ticket or not. And in most cases, I let them make that decision. Now, if they were just running some god-awful speed, didn't have much choice. But if they were just speeding a little bit, that was their choice. I could write a warning just as easy as I could write a ticket. I could do just as well one as the other. And that was always our goal. We have people that say thank you all the time. Now, of course, y'all got to remember, there's a whole lot more people out there that want to grumble and gripe and bellyache about something than there is to say thank you. We all know that. We see that every day. But we do have. I'll have a deputy stop by my office every now and then. And he'll say, Sheriff, I just want to let you know, I was at such and such restaurant today, and I got up to leave, and somebody had paid for my lunch. And it happens a lot. It really does. People come by the office and drop off cookies and snacks. And we won't tell those folks that we appreciate them too, just like this service today for us. You know, Again, we don't do it for what this is. We do it because we like what we do. I was at camp meeting uh, back in July and had several people just as they come by our tent just said, thank you for what you all do for our county. And we do it because we love it. And this just reiterates why I think we live in the best county, in the best state, in the best country. And as Brother Joe said, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> now, I'll be the first to tell you that we're not perfect. We make mistakes every day. But we work hard to try just to do the right thing. Now, I'm telling you, if you don't think doing the right things gets difficult, it does. I've had to arrest two of my friends over a period of the last 20 years. 
And when you got to stand there and look at, at a man that stood beside you and helped you put up campaign signs when you ran for sheriff, and now you're standing over there putting handcuffs on him, that's not a good feeling. It's difficult in any time. Y'all, I'm trying to read this without my glasses. I ran off from the truck and forgot them, so uh, just bear with me a little bit. Sometimes we get wrapped up in all the bad stuff, and we don't take time to think about the good stuff. You know, today here in the audience, I saw some rinking firefighters. I saw some, of course, my wife's paramedic, several deputies, and I want to tell my folks from the office I appreciate y'all coming and being here and representing our office. And, you know, we don't always get along. We don't always agree with each other on the scene. You know, we pick at those firefighters especially about, man, you can't be wrapped real tight to want to run into a fire and they on fire, a house fire, and you grab something and run inside. So. But then they turn around and give it back to us. Well, you dummies, y'all run in there with a man with a gun, so what's the difference, you know? And we do have our tips from time to time. But we always try to work them out because it takes all of us to do the job that we do. And we do it because we love our community. In Psalms 37, 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And I say that because I know each and every one of the first responders here will drop everything they're doing right now if something bad happens and run out that door headed to that call. And it takes all of us. It takes each and every one of us. They don't do it for the money. They don't do it for the glory. They do it because they love it. They do what they do because it's a calling. Now, you still got those that get into it because it's a job. But you can look around here, and the ones that's been doing it forever, they didn't get into it just because it was a job. They got into it because they love what they do. Again, they give back to the best county in the best state, in the best country. On October the 8th, we're having, at the sheriff's office, we're having a thing called Faith in Blue. It's where the, the clergy get together, they come up, and we get together with them and the people of the community. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on that day. We got uh, my daughter come up with this, and I'd never heard of it before, a duck derby. That's going to be a campaign fundraiser for the George Sheriff Youth Homes on October 8th at 10 o'clock, and we're going to join those two services together. Um, two or three times during the day, we will actually have uh, pastors that will pray for us, pray for the county, pray for our country, and pray for our first responders. Again, thank you for what y'all do for us. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you, and if we can be of any service. Brother Joe told me I had to talk for 45 minutes, y'all, but this is the best I can do. So. <laughs> I do appreciate it. Thank y'all. By the way, I've been sheriff as of July. It was 20 years. So I want to say thank you for your support of me and my office and what we can give back to you. So thanks for the confidence that y'all put in me. We appreciate you. Amen. Thank you for that. Brother McDuffie, I'm thankful for our first responders, but I'm also thankful that there will come a day when we won't need any more police, we won't need any more EMS, won't need no more hospitals. Uh, that day when we get to go spend eternity in heaven, I am 
ready for that day. that uh, take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 as the kids uh, this morning are dismissed for children's church 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 now uh, be reminded of a couple things one 
your kids will be in junior church, and then before we're let out, uh, they will be over in the fellowship hall. Okay, so if you don't plan on staying uh, for lunch because, like, there's an emergency, um, then you got to get them over at the fellowship hall. Okay, and um, if you did, if you are staying, then just go ahead and get in line. And um, uh, we'll have uh, uh, lunch together and uh, enjoy some fellowship uh, uh, with one another. Now, Brother Forrest was um, a little nicer uh, than, I, than I'm going to be um, uh, about the food. The first responders are going to go first, and then everybody can get their food, and nobody gets to go plates. Nobody. Okay, gets to go plates. Why? Because we're going to get to the people that are on duty, we're going to get them food, and we're going to box up all that food and get it to those that couldn't be here uh, because they had to um, uh, be at their post, okay? Uh, so, um, and uh, if there's food left over after that, uh, Brother Forrest is taking it home with him. So, um no, I'm just kidding. So we're, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna uh, honor the first responders uh, uh, that had to work as well and um, that couldn't be here, and so uh, that's what we're gonna do uh, with uh, the leftover food. So thank you for everybody that brought uh, food. We certainly uh, appreciate uh, uh, that. We'll have a, uh, a a great spread over there, I know. And then again, uh, we've got about six or seven uh, really nice gifts uh, to give away. Uh, gift cards and and uh, different things like that to give away over in um, over at lunch. Okay, so if you are here and you're a first responder and uh, you don't want to eat lunch, just come over and sit for a little bit. Okay, because it'll be worth you sitting for a little bit as we um, fill out those. Uh, if you have not filled out a name, uh, your name and put it in the basket. Make sure you do that before lunch. Okay, so right after the services, if you've not done that, um, listen to me. If you're a member of Rankin Baptist Temple and you're not a first responder and I pull your name, I'm not calling your name, okay? I'm just throwing it away and then I'm pulling the next one. So don't try to slip your, slip your name in there. This is for the first responders and uh, anything that's left over, Brother Force is taking home with them. No, I'm just kidding. First Corinthians 15. So I was thinking about, when I was thinking about first responders, I was thinking about what I, I've been talking about uh, Wednesday night, uh, we've been going through Baptist distinctives, what it means to be a Baptist, and so we've been using the acrostic, the word Baptist, uh, and uh, we uh, talked about B, Bible's authority, A, the autonomy of the local church, uh, uh, we talked about, uh, uh, how do you spell Baptist, P, uh, the uh, priesthood of the believer, and now we're on T, and uh, it's the two offices, and the two offices in the church are the deacon and the pastor, the deacon and the pastor. And so as I was thinking about those two titles, the deacon and a pastor, I think to myself, really, take those titles away, deacon and pastor, and say, what are the two offices in the church? Servant and the servant. And really, when I was thinking about first responders, what are first responders? That's really what they are. They're servants. They're servants in our community. Uh, they serve uh, other people and unselfishly serve other people. Underpaid serving other people. Uh, I can tell you, 
a lot of them, uh, or most of them that I've met, most of them that I know, and looking at the pay scale, they're not doing it for the money. Okay. Um, now, are there some out there? I think uh, Sheriff McDuffie uh, said it. Sure, there's some out there. There's some out there that are bad. There's some out there that are, but guess what? There's some out there that are bad that are preachers. And there's some out there that are bad that are uh, other um, uh, occupations as well. And so um, here's the problem. This is what I see the problem. And I see it in the pastorate as well as everywhere else. What they like to do is they like to take the bad and they like to broadcast the bad so that everybody thinks, well, you know what? All cops are bad. You know what, all you know, EMTs are bad. All firefighters are bad. Because they like to take the bad apple. Are there bad apples? Of course there are. There are bad apples everywhere. Do you know they do the same thing with preachers? They take a preacher and they take a preacher that is uh, 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 fallen morally or uh, has uh, uh, stolen money from the church or, and they take them and they say, look, see, this is what a pastor is. And the world is looking at him and going, man, they must all be like that. They must all be bad. And so what we want to do at Rick and Baptist Temple and what we should do is not take the bad. Yes, the bad should be marked. And yes, the bad should be known. But we want to take the good. I tell you, one of the things I used to do, and I've told you this before, as, uh, as uh, Ring of Baptist Temple family, um, I used to, every single Sunday, I, I'd sit up on this platform and I'd look out here and I'd go, man, so-and-so isn't here and so-and-so isn't here and this family is not here. I can't believe so-and-so is not here. And, and a while back, my wife said, because I'd go home after the services uh, and it didn't matter how full the church was, I'd go home after the services and think to myself, man, if we had, and I'd start adding them up, man, we would have we had over 200. We would have had, and finally my wife said, enough! I don't want to hear no more about it. Let's concentrate. She didn't quite say it like that. She said, but let's start concentrating on the people that are here instead of concentrating on the people that aren't here. You know, that really... It's a simple statement, right? But, but I thought to myself, what a really profound thinking. I'm using all my energy. Now, there should be, don't misunderstand me, there should be a modicum of, you know, somebody's not here, we need to call them and contact them and see if they're okay. I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying, I'm concentrating so much on the negative, which some of us have a tendency to do more than others, Right? Instead of concentrating on the positive, what do first responders do? They serve people. They serve people. They give. Some of them ultimately give their lives for other people, for people they don't even know. Why? Because it's their job. Because they put themselves in harm's way because they're for others. And as I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the good, and I'm thinking about all that they do, I'm thinking to myself, hey, listen, I've been pulled over a couple times. 
Now, by the way, this is our second or third um, first responders. I should get a pass. <laughs> just letting y'all know. I'm just. We were actually sitting over and eating, and my wife said, "My wife said and we were sitting with a with a uh, some police officers, and my wife said, um, I can tell you, I've never been pulled over." And one of the police officers said, "What's your making model?" <laughs> yeah, but I've been pulled over a couple times, and listen. I was rightfully pulled over. I never got an attitude. I never, you know, I didn't, you know, wasn't always pleased with the outcome. But you know what I, you know what I always thought to myself? You know what they're doing? They're doing their job. Why should we get angry? Why should we get upset? Why should we get bitter when someone's doing their job? How many times have I said when it comes to preaching, don't shoot the messenger? Huh? I'm just a messenger. This is what God's word says. This is not what Joe Springer says. This is what God's word says. And what a privilege it is to be in a county. What a privilege it is. And by the way, if you don't think we have a good county, I, I dare you to go outside our county. I just took a whirlwind trip. And we went up to Pennsylvania, and they took a trip from Pennsylvania to West Virginia, and then from West Virginia back down, dropping my girls off at their ministries. And I'm thinking to myself, we met some doozy of people. I told my wife on multiple occasions, babe, we're not in Kansas anymore. We're not in Lincoln anymore. I mean, it is different. It is a privilege to be able to, to live here. It is a privilege to have people that are in our county, that care for us, that are there for us, that if you pick up the phone, they'll be there. And that's what our first responders are. They are servants. And the first thing I thought of, honestly, the first thing I thought of was 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now listen to these verses. Moreover, brethren, verse number 1, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, According to the scriptures. You want to talk about a servant. You want to talk about a gift. You want to talk about the ultimate sacrifice. Then you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And you look at the life of Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ did for you and me. What Jesus Christ did, not just for Effingham County, but what he did for the world. As I think about what Jesus did as he died upon the cross, see, we talk about the gospel. And so often, people mean different things when it comes to the gospel. But Paul shares here at the church of Corinth, he shares what the gospel, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ is. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think about, uh, I'll just give an example of a fireman. As a fireman comes to the scene, he often has to go in, she often has to go in and fight a fire 
and put their lives in danger. Not only with the fire, but with the structure and things collapsing and the heat. I don't know if you've been around fire, but here, this is profound. Fire's hot. You know, you start breathing smoke, it's hard to breathe. And they could, now think about this. I think about they get to the scene and they rush right into danger. I just finished a book on um, what happened at 9-11. And the first responders and the police and the fire department and, and, and everything wasn't done perfect. But man, many of them just threw caution to the wind and went in there trying to save these people on these different floors. They, some of them weren't even accessible, couldn't even get to, but went and many of them gave their lives. I think to myself, I think to myself, and maybe this is just selfish, but I think to myself, who would I actually give my life for? I think about that. And there's some that are non-negotiable. I mean, it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. I'd give my life for my wife. I'd give my life for my children. There's no non-negotiable. But then, you know, and then there's some people that I know that I might give my life. There's some people I know I wouldn't give my life for. There's some people I know that I would give my life for. But perfect strangers? People that spit on you? Talk bad about you? I mean, tell lies about you? Do you think about Jesus Christ and who he gave his life for? He gave his life for the worst of the worst. The sheriff was just saying that, that constantly they're getting calls and they're not getting calls to, you know, go have, you know, tea and crumpets with somebody. They're going to a call that's going to be a dangerous or, or drugs or guns or whatever might be involved in it. They never, they never know. And boy, they get into some situations where they've got to protect themselves. They've got to, uh, uh, even sometimes where they've got to protect themselves in the sense where they have to take somebody else's life. And you think to yourself, well, let me tell you something. If I had to, I'd just do it. But I'm going to tell you, it affects you. You take another person's life. I don't care if you're protecting yourself or doing your job. It takes something out of you. By the way, if it doesn't, they have a name for that. It's called a sociopath. If you can just shoot and kill people and not care, something's not clicking. Something's not right. But they're constantly in these situations, in these circumstances, giving of themselves. And we're thankful. But ultimately, can I tell you, first responders, ultimately, there's one that's given them himself for you. That's Jesus Christ. He died upon that cross. He was buried and he rose again the third day. We call it the gospel. What do we do? What do we need to do with the gospel? I want to share just a, a little bit with you uh, this morning. And then right after lunch, uh, we're going to share a little bit more when it comes uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, not the gospel as you see it, but the gospel as God speaks it uh, and proclaims it uh, 
from His Word. What do we need to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ? First and foremost, if you have not already done so, you need to take the gospel and believe it in your heart. You need to believe it in your heart. Listen to what he says, by which also, verse 2, ye are saved, if you keep in memory that which I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Can I share something with you that's not said very often? Not everybody that says they're saved are actually saved. Now, I can't see your heart and you can't see mine. You ought to be praising God every day that that's a fact. Aren't you glad that you can't read my thoughts? Because I'm certainly glad that I can't read yours. Because some of you might be thinking right now, is he ever going to shut up? You wouldn't say that, right? Well, maybe. But you, you're not going to say that out loud. But do you realize that every thought is a spoken word to God? Isn't that a little scary? Aren't you glad that you don't walk into a restaurant and look around and everybody knows what you're thinking? I can't see your heart, so I don't know for sure if you're saved. That's between you and God, but I want you to know something. If you don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you won't be saved. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and then thou shalt be saved. You see, there is one way Jesus proclaimed it in John 14 and 6 when He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. He is the only way. It's not by your good works. It's not by your baptism. It's not by your confirmation. It's not by your church membership. It's by believing on Jesus Christ in your heart. Acts chapter 16 and verse 31 says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Listen, this is, this is how easy it is. If you do this, this will happen. It's that simple. If you do this, this will happen. It's kind of like a lock. A lock that has a, a, a combination on it. The lock is locked. So what do you do? You put the combination on it. What happens? It opens. Isn't that how it works? And you say, well, that's simple. That's what the gospel is. It's simple. It is the good news of what Jesus Christ did for you, what Jesus Christ did for me. I love these verses found in Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 and 10. Romans chapter 10 and 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. There's that. Thou shalt be saved. There's that. Look at verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now be careful. You've heard it before. Ask Jesus into your heart. Now, He's not talking about that red thing that's pumping blood through your veins. Because if that's the case, if you had to have a, you had to have a heart transplant or had to put a different heart in, you'd have to ask Jesus into your new heart. He's not talking about that, right? So what is he talking about? He's talking about believing it at your core. 
Not just saying words. I wish. I wish it was just a matter of saying some words. I wish it was just a matter of praying a prayer. But I want you to understand something. And this is this may shock some of you. A prayer doesn't save you. Believing on Jesus Christ saves you. Some people pray, and you listen to them pray, and you think to yourself, I had a guy in our previous church, his name was Duncan Breland. And I love to call on Duncan to pray. Every time I called him, called on him to pray, nobody else liked it when I called on him to pray because he prayed for like 10 minutes. But, I mean, it was one of the most elegant prayers that I have ever heard. Ah, mean, I, I could listen to him pray all day long. And then I've heard a child pray. And do you know that God's not more impressed with one prayer than he is another? Matter of fact, a child's prayer is often more pure than an adult's prayer because they don't have all the junk and baggage that the adult has. And so it's just pure. I love this Scott told me this morning. They have services at their house on Saturday and, and Peyton does the services uh, on Saturday. And uh, he got up there and um, got his Bible out and... and, and Started adjusting his glasses, you know, apparently I adjust my glasses, and then, and then prayed, and I didn't know this, but sometimes I'll do this when I pray, and so he did this when, when he prayed, and, and then after he got done praying, he said this, you're going to love this. If you're, if you're a member of Rankin Baptist Temple, you're going to love this. After he got done praying, he said, alright, get your bulletins, because I'm not making the announcements. <laughs> and then I said to Scott, I said, did he... Did he make the announcements anyways? Because that's generally what I do. You know, I say that and then... But kids, listen, kids are just pure. Right? And believing on the Lord Jesus Christ is something that is pure. It is something that is not done uh, 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 with, any in, with, it, with any outside intentions. It's not done with any, uh, I'm going to do this so they get off my back. It is a personal decision. That you have to make. If you're sitting here this morning or you're watching my live stream this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you that's why He came. That's why He died. That's why He rose again. The Bible says that He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and me. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. I'm saved this morning, not because I'm a preacher. I'm saved this morning, not because I'm a Baptist. I'm saved this morning, not because I live in the South. I'm saved this morning, not because I'm a, a member of this church. I'm saved this morning because there was a time in my life, matter of fact, I was on the USS Jack Williams, Got a missile frigate, bowed my knee by my rack, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and my life to save me, forgive me of my sins. Now listen, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know, I couldn't have told you Adam from Peter. I, I, did, I, I didn't know anything about the scriptures. But I knew this I was a great sinner, 
but he was a greater Savior. And I placed my faith and trust in him, and he saved me. And from that day, that many years ago, matter of fact, 1994, from that day as a 21-year-old man to this day, I've not got saved again. Now, I wish I could tell you I didn't make mistakes, but that would be a lie. All I got to do is talk to my wife and kids. They'll let you know that. I'm not saying that I didn't uh, 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 get off the rail or I didn't do, or, did, or never said anything I shouldn't have said or I never did anything I should. But I'm telling you, from that day to this, and for all eternity, I'm saved. Not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done for me. You talk about a servant, you talk about giving for others. Jesus is the ultimate servant. Jesus is the ultimate giver. You ever done this? You probably wouldn't admit it if most of us have done this before. We give gifts with the expectation that we're going to get a gift in return. I love Christmas. I absolutely... Listen, I'll be 50 this year. This year, I love Christmas. I mean, I go out. My wife always says, babe, they're grown. I said, I don't care. I said, I, I, I want to give. I love to give gifts. But I'm just here to tell you, I like to get them too. <laughs> now, I act like I don't. I act like at Christmas time, you know, when our kids were little, yeah, I'd get a tie. Or I'd get something handmade, something, you know, it was great. And I'd get their hands plastered and everything. Wonderful. Now that they're older, it's, it's time. You know how much money I've given you? It's time you give back. And man, one year I got Bose headphones from the kids, and one year I got a surround system for my TV, and I'm like, yeah, those are gifts. Because sometimes, right, you're thinking, I can't believe you. You're thinking the same thing, you just don't say it. But listen, given of gifts, Jesus Christ gave when we didn't give anything. I mean, He gave sacrificially. He gave because He loves. He gave expecting nothing in return. He is the greatest giver of gifts of all time. If you've not done so, can I plead with you? Can I beseech you? If you've not done so, believe on Jesus Christ in your heart. And guess what He'll do? He'll save you. How do I know that? I know that by two ways. One, He saved me. Paul, You know what Paul said? He's already saved the chief of sinners. If He can save me... I will ne- Listen, you will never know who the real me used to be. Now, I've shared a few things with you, but I promise you, you'll not know who that person is. God has forgiven that person, and, and God is, uh, that is in my past, and, and it's going to stay in my past. And I praise the Lord for that, that God saved me. And if He saved me, I don't care what you think you've done. I promise you, if He saved me, He can save you. 
Not only do I know because he saved me, but number two, because God said so. And if God says something, it always comes to pass. Go all the way back to the beginning. Go back to Genesis. When there was nothing, I mean nothing, but God. And what did God do? He created. God said, Shiachor! Guess what happened? Wayihor. Let there be light! Guess what happened? There was light. <laughs> you know what happened? The light didn't have a choice but to turn on. Because God spoke it. Do you remember when Jesus was in the boat? He was sleeping in the back and they were in this great storm and it was just turmoil and they were scared and Jesus is snoozing in the back of the boat. You ever been on a boat in a storm? I mean, you talk about perfect peace. He was at perfect peace. Sleeping in the storm. Well, the disciples were and they go back and shake them, wake them up. Don't you care that we're going to perish? <sighs> that's what I would have done. I don't know if Jesus did that, but that's what I would have done. What? How long do I have to be with you people? Oh, ye of little faith. So what did Jesus do? He gets up, goes to the front of the boat, to the bow of the boat. He says, peace be. And they sat there astounded. They sat there with their jaws dropped to the bottom of the boat. But can I tell you something? The wind didn't have a choice but to listen. The sea didn't have a choice but to listen. Because the Creator spoke it. And when the Creator speaks something, He always comes through. So if you'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, believe in what's God going to do? He's going to save you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Have you believed? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul? You may be here and you may be a first responder. You may be here and you may be a part of our church. But if you're here this morning, whether you're a visitor or you're, not, or you're a part of our church and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, today's the day. Now is the acceptable time. Today's the day of salvation. That's what the Scripture says. Why does the Scripture say that? Because we might not have tomorrow. And what if you get in a car accident? What if you run into a, a, a building to save somebody? What if you have a bad traffic stop? What if tomorrow you go into eternity? Do you know where you're going to go beyond a shadow of a doubt? You can. You can. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now. I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning right back down, and I pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you anyway. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about my salvation, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers. Is there one? What a privilege. What a privilege it is to be saved. Let's remember, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ is only the start. It's only the beginning. Let us trust Him day by day. Let us lean on Him day by day for His guidance, for His direction, for His safety. Let's keep our eyes turned upon Jesus. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning in Him of